squeal. Thanks, Al. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode 39. We're going to blow your mind. It's time to slip, slop, slap, slip on some headphones, <laughs> slap on the Zoom recorder, and slop out a few schplugs. I don't know. Did I, did I get all the slip, slops and slip, slops and slaps in? Uh, that was great. Can you just explain for our international listeners? This is extremely Australian. Is. When you when you grow up when you grow up under an enormous hole in the ozone layer, <laughs> this is what you get raised with as a child. It's this true. is what you get indoctrinated with. Yeah, you can't be outside in Australia, or the sun tries to kill you. And so they did a series of they did a series of ads warning people for children, warning children to. Slap on a hat. It was like slip, slop, slap. So it was like yes. slip on a hat, slap on some sunscreen. No, it must have been slop on some sunscreen. And then yeah. slap on a pair of sunglasses, I think. Um, no, I think it was it was slip, slop, slap initially, which was slip on a, was it slip on a shirt? Slip on a shirt. That's right. Sl- slap on a hat, slop on some sunscreen. And then they added... The sunglasses, which I think was slide or something. Yeah, they did too. So it ended up being f- because eventually um, they realised that everyone's retinas was getting burned <laughs> yeah. as well. So all the kids, was- all the kids were like had perfect skin, but they were all blinded by the time they were five. Now it's um now it's slip, slop, slap, slide, and get vaxxed. Yeah, slip, slop, slap, slide, jab, and I never did. I never did learn to. Do all those things. I'm pretty bad. You're you're very good at it, but I was I just I never seemed to be able to own a pair of sunglasses for more than about two weeks. This is from Wikipedia. Slip slop slap was a sun protection campaign prominent in Australia and New Zealand during the 1980s, launched by the Cancer Council of Victoria in 1981 and funded by public donations. The campaign featured an anthropomorphic seagull mascot named Sid the Seagull who would sing and dance the phrase to encourage people to reduce sun exposure and protect themselves against the risk of skin cancer. Mm. I wonder if it worked. I wonder if they can, you know, trace a decline in skin cancer from that time. There was that. There was the Life Be In It ads, which I don't know if that's kind of... Yeah. Is that an international thing? No, that was very Australian Mm. as well. That was kind of weird, wasn't it? It was like just encouraging people to engage with their communities. And there was a guy called Norm, the couch potato, who was yeah. who was a kind of indolent, overweight man who was addicted to television. And, uh, <laughs> and these days he'd probably get accused of shaming his lifestyle. But uh, Yeah, he they wouldn't have made him overweight today. Yeah, then there was the... No, you'd have to be a galada suck tar, which was telling you not to, oh, not to smoke a cigarette. We're giving everybody an insight into nineteen eighties Australian nanny state. Mm, it was very kind of like cutesy nanny state. There was a lot of like yeah. very ochre animated characters who were trying to trying to uh, prevent me from doing things which were fun but suboptimal to my health. <laughs> I was just running around back-to-back smoking cigarettes and staring into the sun. (laughs) And sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah, I I was out the back, just had the couch pulled out into the back deck and I was just watching cricket in full sun 
<laughs> with a couple of tennies and cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes, <laughs> drinking beer, no hat, the, no shirt, yeah. no sunscreen. Just going, uh, this is wrong. I don't want to be right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just, go, just going, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> So one thing that I did last week, John, is something that I do semi-regularly now, which is I reached out to a musician on Instagram whose song I had discovered on Spotify Mm -hmm. just to say, hey there, I really love this song and I just want you to know that. And it made me think that a fun topic to splag about with might be reaching out to creators that have made work that's important to you. And the do's and don'ts, the pitfalls, the best practices, the reach-out hygiene, because it's something that I... (laughs) (laughs) Because it's something that I've done on and off for years. And I guess these days, I guess back in the day, the only way to... Well, back in the day, you could write a fan letter pre-internet or you can, of course, approach people on the street if you see them, Yeah, um, which I know a lot of people, a lot of people do. But yeah, I just, I wanted to, I also just wanted to give people a little bit of a, a little, some tips on how to, how, how to do it and when to do it and when, why I do it. Little reach out hygiene. A bit of reach out hygiene. (laughs) I love that phrase. (laughs) The reason that I started doing it a bit more recently is because I have a little bit of creative work out there in the world. Some years ago when I used to make drum and bass tracks and put them out into the world, a few of them have gained a bit of an audience Mm -hmm. over the last decade or so. And maybe once a year, somebody will hunt me down on Facebook and write a really lovely message and always Mm. puts a little spring in my step. I'm actually not that easy to find under that name because I don't have any so my drum and bass name for anybody who doesn't know is well-being two words. Mm. There's no well-being social media because I I don't really create drum and bass anymore or, or pursue that that creative angle. Yeah. But often people will will you know you, if you google well-being drum and bass you can find my real name and then you can put my real name into facebook mm. and then if you have if you just have one other drum and bass person who is f- like in that same friendship circle because i've probably got about a hundred or so drum and bass related friends right. over the 10 years that i made dnb so it's 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 likely that the person who's hunting me down will have liked the drum and bass page of one other person so they can find me that way and, um, yeah, and I always think it's really nice. People write really lovely things and I always appreciate that people have gone to the effort to write to me. So my thing is that these days, if if I am listening to a song on, on Spotify mm. and I love the song yeah. and then I look up how many listens that song has, if the song or the artist have like less than, let's say, I'll say like 5 million listens is the limit for me okay. because basically once an artist has more than 5 million listens, I feel like they're probably getting enough yeah. fan love that they just don't really need me to yeah. reach out. And they, won't, they, they mightn't even get to your message anyway. Yeah. So 
So if you've got less than five million, so I'll give you an example of, of how this happened the other day. I was on the train. Yeah, I'd gone to a doctor's appointment. This is and this is the other thing. This is it's incredible how how like you just think about how the age that we live in. So this is what happened the other day. Yeah, I am. I went to a doctor's appointment. I got on the train after the doctor's appointment, put my headphones in, and listened to this song that I love for about like the. 40th time. Yeah. And I was like, this song is amazing. This is one of my favorite songs. Oh, I want to tell this. I checked. Okay. 1.5 million listens on this song. I'm going to tell this person I love it. Like, I I think their Instagram account was linked to Spotify. So, I just go, click, Instagram. Yeah. Their profile comes up. Message. Click. Hey, there, you. Absolutely love this song. Have, have sung it all year. Shared it with all my friends. Hmm. And again, here's a little here's a little bit of hygiene. Here's a little bit of reach out hygiene. You don't you don't send a message that's long, yeah. and you don't send a message that necessarily asks for any reply. You're just putting it out into the world. You just say, oh, "Hey, man, right or or lady, I love this. I love what you've done. I just want to say that. Yeah, yeah. Put it out into the world. Yeah, okay. Within like f- within ten within ten minutes. Yeah, I was on the train still. I hadn't even got home. The person had written back and said, "Thank you so much. That means a lot to me." Huh. I really appreciate it. It's totally made my morning. And this is all within the space within the space of like 10 minutes. The artist that had made the song that I love had got the message. That's lovely. Yeah. Have you have you done it at all or, or done anything to anyone in person? Yeah, I sometimes have the same take the same approach where I will put something out without necessarily any prospect of a good hygiene reply. Or if it's a comedian, sometimes I will like I follow quite a few comics and uh comedy writers and people on instagram and they'll put up fun content and sometimes i'll just have a go at riffing with them which would annoy me except that obviously i do do you mean do you mean like in a in a thread on social media or i'll i'll just i'll dm them like because you can respond to somebody's instagram story by messaging them directly oh yeah and i'll just do that and maybe like add a little zinger uh which which would which would annoy me, except that I am very funny, so it's I feel like it's okay. <laughs> Most people are going to be shit at that, um, but you just do it with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, exactly. What about this one, Dave? And he's like, "Yeah, that's brilliant." Thanks. Um, <laughs> Don't you reckon you could add this one, right? <laughs> add add this one to the next Netflix special, Dave. <laughs> um, and I did it recently with, and sometimes you know I follow people who have like a mix of kind of absurdist content, but then more serious stuff or whatever. I did it recently with this guy, Evan Breen, who you probably would recognize. He's, he's even though you, people may not know his name, but he's quite a recognizable figure on, was quite a recognizable Vine user back in the day and, um, and had like this, uh, these few bits where he did kind of, multiple characters as himself, or he, he himself played multiple characters and then kind of cut cut it together into a dialogue when that was kind of still a pretty new thing to do. And now he's got like 350,000 followers on Instagram. And But we had this bizarre interaction recently, which was quite sweet, where he posted something kind of silly and inspiring that Matthew McConaughey had said. And I sort of poked yeah. gentle fun at it, and then he was like, "Oh no, it's good, man. It's like I know it's uh, 
Matthew McConaughey, but I actually found it quite nice. And I was like, oh, yeah, so did I. I was just being funny. I hope you're well, love your work, whatever. And he was like, and then he just recorded a voicemail saying like, thanks, man, hope you're well too. And uh, blah, no blah, way. And then we kind of, then I recorded a voicemail back and then he recorded a voicemail back to me. So I was just having this like quite sweet, because it was sort of mid-COVID, obviously, or we're still probably mid-COVID, but it was post-COVID outbreak. So we were like uh, commiserating about, you know, oh, how's everything there and blah, 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 and had quite a, a quite a sort of um, lovely chat. And then and I was like, man, the internet. I, I had this kind of yeah. – had this sort of feeling of – kind of a spontaneous connection with somebody who I would never have otherwise crossed paths with, which I hadn't gotten since probably like the internet was a bit more of a novelty to me. So that was nice. Um, Counterpoint to that is my interaction with Jeff Goldblum, where I didn't use enough reach out hygiene, uh, (laughs) saw him in a cafe in Manhattan, tried to take a photo of him over someone's shoulder. And then he... (laughs) And then he saw that I was doing that. So I have just a photo on my phone of a very pissed off looking Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that's, that's bad reach yeah, out hygiene. Terrible reach out hygiene. Sorry, Jeff, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I think about that of, often and I regret it. Uh, I once just, just, just a, a bit of uh, just to manage expectations. When you do this as well, when you put this out into the world, you sort of have to expect that you'll either get nothing back. Yeah. Or that the person won't give you the response that you want. But this is the thing. It's it's a very kind of it's not about that. Mm. It's about you putting out into the world what you want. So I'll give you two examples of, of when I did this and didn't get the didn't get the desired response. The first time I did get the des- desired response initially, and that the person was over the moon that I had messaged mm. them because they didn't have very many listens on Spotify at all. But the issue then became that they started to bother me all the time with Oh no. <laughs> and and eventually, the stalker were becomes sent- stalked. Exactly, mm. and they were eventually sending me video messages of themselves, like really pissed oh, in their God. lounge room on a Saturday, like talking to me, <laughs> and and I was like, "Oh no, this is this is what exactly what I didn't want to happen." <laughs> this person's gone from being someone I look up to to somebody that I need to possibly talk to a lawyer about. Yeah, they became they they very quickly became a fan of me mm. somehow, uh, which I didn't expect. The second time was quite funny. There's a one drum and bass song, which is one of my absolute favourite drum and bass mm. songs of all time, but it's also almost completely unknown and, and underrated. Um, it took me ages to find the producer because they stopped making drum and bass much like myself about a decade ago. Yeah. I eventually hunted them down on LinkedIn. Like I found they were working for some like television production company now or something. And I didn't want to write a really, really long message just in case it wasn't them. I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. So the initial message that I sent was a little paragraph that said how much I loved the song. Mm. I'd been looking for this person for ages. Mm-hmm. The song means a lot to me. And then I said, is this you? Are you the right person? Mm. And they just replied, hi, Alex. Thanks. Yes, that was me. <laughs> Send. <laughs> so touching. Yeah, so touching. Oh, wow. But this is the thing, you can't you like I just put it out into the world. It's not about what they yeah. give yeah. back. And there's any number of reasons why 
they might not have done a very good job of responding. Maybe they were, maybe they have trouble with literacy. (laughs) (laughs) That was, he was illiterate and he'd had his friend. Yeah. He was, he just started learning to read and write. And that's why, that was actually a triumph for him was that (laughs) that he wrote back. Longest piece of correspondence he'd ever sent. Um, I remember when we were at, I think I think this happened with you, but anyway, I remember going to see Daniel Kitson perform and then afterwards going up to him. Oh, yeah. And saying, hey, man, love your work, you know, generic, whatever, generic praise. Yeah. And he was very gracious about it. It was quite nice. That was like the, the perfect thing because you were like, you know, I love your work. He's like, cool, thanks. Um are you having a good time? I was like, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Blah, blah, blah. All right, see ya. You know, there was like, it was, it was yeah. just a good level of kind of like, we're not going to be best friends, but, you know, he was nice. This is the nice thing about the internet age is that you avoid that social awkwardness of standing in front of the person. Yeah. Perhaps, you know, you're expecting something or even if you're not, that they get anxious, they get awkward because they think you're expecting something. So you can avoid... That yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by sending a little, just shooting out a little message. It's interesting, John, that you seem to choose comedians to do it's this weird, with, isn't it? whereas I choose musicians. Mm, I do kind of admire. You look up to the clown. I look up to the sad clowns. It's true. Yeah. That's true, actually. That is interesting. And I feel like they're kind of often, because they're people who have, I mean, the people that I am into, you know, because I'm so cool, they're. They're people who have a very committed fan base, but not necessarily like a massive one. So they are quite approachable and they do have kind of a, you know, probably there's any number of people who they have those interactions with. The other one that springs to mind is um, meeting Australian rock royalty Tim Rogers on my 25th birthday. Which was quite oh, fun. Oh, yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Tim Rogers is in an Australian band called UMI mm. that were massive, especially in the 90s. Mm. And you were in, I believe it was the Grace Emily ones, John? I was. It was my 25th, I think. Grace Emily Hotel in Adelaide. And um, went to the Grace. And I there's another band, just by way of explanation, uh, called Powderfinger. And the lead singer of that song yeah. is... Uh, Bernard Fanning, and uh, and so I was. I'd had a couple of pints. I went to the toilet. Tim Rogers was in there. I said, "Oh, aren't you?" I forgot his name, so I was like, "Aren't you that guy?" And uh, <laughs> and then he said, "What, Bernard Fanning?" And I said, "No, no, no, you're Tim Rogers." And um, he said, "Yes," and I said, "Cool." Then I said, "It's my birthday," and then he said, "Well, I better get you a drink." And then I was just, I felt like a cool guy because I was sitting up at the bar, me and Tim Rogers, just have, just sinking a few. I think I was like, let's do, let's have shots of tequila. And then. Um, <laughs> it's, you're a rock star. Let's yeah, I was like, tequila. you guys like that sort of shit, don't you? And um, and then he was like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm just, uh, just finishing uni. I did law. And he said, oh, I, used to, I did law briefly. And then I decided to become an extremely successful rock star. Um, and then uh, 
And then he, why don't you do that, yeah, John? Exactly. And then he, he said, <laughs> and then, and he said, the one regret I have is not being like you, an employee at a <laughs> suburban law firm in Adelaide. Um, and uh, and then. And then he got kind of progressively, we both got a bit sloshed. And then he just gave me like a slightly too long hug. And I was like, okay, Tim, <laughs> I better get back to my friends now. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to a few of the people that I reached out to over the years mm. that were very, very kind and gracious and wrote lovely things back. Oh, I've what a mentioned, lovely idea. I believe on the podcast before that Australian 80s new wave act real life one of the first people I ever reached out to when I had an email address and I this was when I was um was more of a production nerd mm-hmm. I wrote to real life asking them all of the drum machines and synthesizers used on their mm. 1980s uh smash send me an angel and I'm assuming it was David Sterry the lead singer just wrote back huh. and answered all the questions and I was just like wow this is so nice. Yeah. Um, that would have been a particular thrill in those days too cuz Oh man, know. yeah, early noughties. Yeah. and they uh I think they I think they were they were in I think he was in Germany at the mm. time. Also want to give a massive shout out to Paul Mack, part of the duo Itchy and Scratchy, the Australian dance music uh-huh. duo Itchy and Scratchy. Wrote him a bunch of production questions about their song "Sweetness and Light." Okay, emailed me straight back and answered every single question that I asked oh, him. Good on him! So a massive shout out to the Big Mac mm. and the Mac Daddy. I actually did this on the the Mac Daddy and uh, had a few cups of beer when I was watching Philip get tattooed at Marky's house last weekend, and I wrote to a um, a country i guess he's like a country artist or at least the song i love is in a country style a guy called tyler ramsey that you should all check out uh tyler ramsey my i think my uncle david introduced me to a song of his tyler ramsey in a song called evening country okay it was my fourth most listened to song on spotify last year mm. and i wrote him over the weekend and just said Tyler Ramsey, I'm loving this. It's Alex, the Australian in Berlin, and I was saying I'm loving that song that you wrote, and it was my number four most listened to song on Spotify, and then I sent him a screenshot of my Spotify uh, top five songs of the year with his song being number four, and he wrote straight back, and he said, Hi, Alex, the Australian living in Berlin. Thank you so much. That's really kind. Aww. I appreciate that you've written that to me. I hope to be back in Berlin soon. Nice. It's a bit excellent. Reach out hygiene. Yeah. It's a bit like, um, it's reminding me a bit of some of our cameo approaches. There was a bit of reach out hygiene involved there and a bit of, and a bit of response hygiene too. Like if somebody says, I think we only broadcast the kind of heavily edited version of Tia Carrere's response because there's just kind of five minutes of her talking about her upcoming shows. And then that just... (laughs) That just kind of makes you feel a bit like de- dehumanized because you're like, well, yeah. this isn't just a. I'm just trying to like have an interaction with you. Don't make it about marketing. Yeah, I must say that with at least fifty percent of the reach outs that I've done, mm. the person does end their interaction with, "My new single is coming out mm. next week," or "I am doing a tour and should be back in Berlin." Soon. 
Yeah. Everyone's always on that grind. It's true. I mean, to be fair, when people send messages to the AOL address, I always finish it with, with uh, we love that you're listening, but we never ask you for money. Uh, below you will find yeah. a Patreon link. Um, I always say, oh, it's really nice to hear that you're a fan of the show. Um, I have a couch on Gumtree. <laughs> My birthday on the weekend, as we've discussed, the day before my birthday, I went for a walk with Jacinta and then we were walking past what will be soon our new house. And it's a good thing I don't believe in omens because suddenly my, one of my crutches just snapped in half. And, uh, and, and then I luckily, (laughs) luckily, like, as a as a black cat leapt onto yeah, your face exactly. and started scratching it's you, it's like maybe this isn't the house for us. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then I went to I got kind of annoyed. Went to a pharmacy, picked up a like subpar pair of crutches which I'm still using, and I've put the other ones on order. But there's a there's a crutches shortage. Would you believe because of what? global supply chain issues? Uh, the supply chain the, issues has reached the. Fediments. Yeah, exactly. Fediments is getting the squeeze and I have I like the I like a particular make and they were all stranded on a ship somewhere. So I got like the last pair. Oh wow. And uh it's here, I think. So I'll just go and grab it. Okay. No worries. You can just leave it recording, John. Okay. I'm back. Yeah, how how do those sticks feel underhand? Are they tipped? Do they come pre-tipped, or do you got to add Fetterman's? You got to add your Fetterman's on. They just come with these shitty generic tips, which don't last. And it's good. It's kind of like it's kind of like a haircut or a new pair of shoes. You know, you kind of like kind of like man. I don't know how I put up with that old pair for so long. And I just there must be. I used to have a. This is real fascinating content for everyone i used to have a custom made pair but they but these days i just get i just get your uh adjustables and i right wear through them in six or 12 months and then i get a new pair and every so often one of them breaks now that our listenership has increased exponentially we should reach back out to fetterman's rubber crutch tips (laughs) and see if we get a little bit of sponsorship money (laughs) You're on a winner with the Fetterman's. You're on a winner with Fetterman's rubber crutch tips. <laughs> Fetterman's patented reinforced rubber. <laughs> crutch with confidence. Fetterman's. <laughs> There's some good stuff on there. Maybe I will actually ask them. Wouldn't that be great? Get the we get the get the fucking custom DPTM uh, logo emblazoned yes. in the bottom. Hey, hey guys, just want to talk to you about an exciting new collaboration with Thomas Fetterman of Fetterman's Crutches. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 39 of Raise the Machine. I've been Alexander Holden. I've been rocking it hard with my pod partner, Mr. John Wood. We'll be back, back next week for episode number 40. Can you believe it? Please stay with us on this amazing journey together. I've been Alexander Holland. Don't Praise the Machine Productions. We'll see you next week at the podcast.